is the Son, therefore shall make you free. He shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 28th, 2010. And just to kind of give you a brief brief rundown here on uh, today's teaching, it's about a, let's see, 20-page teaching. And uh, we're going to talk first off about the North Korean incident and the, regarding that in World War III, um, how that would fit into that scenario, because we've discussed that in times past, and I want to just kind of reiterate that. And also just more things regarding North Korea, China, uh, the potential for war there. We're going to discuss North Korea itself, uh, the wickedness of, of it's essentially like one big cult. The whole country is literally a cult, uh, which has as their god their leader. And, and um, we're going we're gonna to look at that. We're also going to look at how China and Russia just um, <clears throat> quit using the dollar regarding uh, some of the trade negotiation or ways they trade. And then we're also going to look then again at a pretty much detailed look at the TSA because this is this is not going away, and I believe it's very much a linchpin for the new world order as far as the draconian things that they're wanting to um, implement. This is really a linchpin moment, <clears throat> and if if we don't resist this now and pray against this. Um, this really is going to probably start a, an ab- actual avalanche and tidal wave of of um, Big Brother draconian security measures that are going to be implemented. And so we're going to take a pretty much in-depth look at that and also how they're actually, um, whether you go through the scanner or whether you're getting the pat down, we're going to be looking at the potential for them to spread disease through the pat downs because they're not changing their gloves. So we're probably going to have an epidemic of, of diseases taking place. And some uh, they've some people have witnessed them patting down hundreds of people and not changing their gloves one time. We're going to look at what that could potentially spread, as far as a um, that goes. And then um, basically that's what we're going to be looking at those two particular subjects, all the different aspects of that in today's uh, teaching here, and. Um, We'll look at the North Korean incident first. Just wanted to also give you an update. I've had a massive amount of problem with my email account. Um, really, since all this stuff started with Sermon Audio, segueing into this, I've had equal amounts of problems with the uh, my emails and uh, people not getting them, them being censored. I have to be very careful how I word the header or they will be censored. I, I, it's, I've seen it happen way too many times. So I know I'm being targeted. And it's no wonder, but email is the primary way upon which I've communicated with my listeners for a long time. <clears throat> now, obviously, you can always go up to the contendingfor.com website or several other websites that are putting the teachings up now as well, and I try to put those in the headers to my emails. But the uh, when I switch from Outlook Express to Windows Live Mail, what a horrific experience that has been. Uh, Bill Gates truly is evil. That's all I can say. Because I really believe they're doing it on purpose. They're trying to limit communication. And um, I'm searching right now for some type of email program where I can actually import my email address and import all my um, 
all my uh, messages and, and all the things I have got. I tried it with Mozilla, the Thunderbird uh, thing. It did not work. Um, I, I don't think that's going to work in that way. Uh, I don't know what to do at this point. My email list, when I switched over to Windows Live Mail, it was a horrific thing. It's a terrible program, this Windows Live Mail, and it, it, it just constantly locks up. It, it didn't import a ton of my emails. I can't search my database anymore. Um, I added contacts, deleted contacts, and then when I tried to upgrade the other day to 2011 Windows Live Mail, it deleted at least three to 400 of my contacts out of each list I had. And now people are emailing me saying, I haven't gotten your emails. And so there's not a whole lot I can do because once they were deleted, there wasn't a thing I could do about it. I tried. I did a restore. Now I've got the old one, but it did not restore my old emails. And I was even on with tech support for Microsoft. And they gave me no satisfaction, which doesn't surprise me a bit. They tried, but they, you know, they couldn't fix the issue. And again, I really believe they're doing this on purpose in order to try to limit communication. I mean, obviously, if they're thinking about shutting down the Internet totally, and, and um, you know, if martial law were imposed or these types of things where the government can take over, then that's not a far stretch to believe that they're going to try to go after um, the very way by which we can communicate. And one of the primary ways people do that now is via email. But particularly on the Internet, you can reach thousands of people in that way and very quickly. With a mouse click. So if any of you, and I, please don't flood me with emails. I, I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but if any of you know a surefire way to import the contacts out of Windows Live mail into another good, reliable email program where I'm not going to lose anything, where I'm going to have my address book, please let me know. Uh, because I, I'm at my wit's end with this, and, and there's not... I don't really know what more I can do. Because I, I, I've only got so many hours in the day, and I'm trying to answer all these emails that are always coming in and, and uh, get the teachings up. And it's a tremendous amount of work every week just to do that. And for me to have anything extra is a really big deal for me because I'm a one-man band, kind of. Um, so anyway, uh, and I do appreciate all those that have sent in you know, uh, donations and the people that are praying for the ministry, and I, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you, and I know that, you know, without those things, th those are the primary means by which the Lord's let me um, go into this ministry full-time and to operate, and not be probably literally destroyed for the prayers of the saints and these types of things, because I know if I didn't have that, then, you know, who knows where I'd be right now. So I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that, and for my listeners, and I just wanted to kind of give you an update there on that situation, so you're not thinking that if, if, or if you've emailed me, sometimes I'll, I'll do a gigantically detailed response to somebody that emails me, and it comes right back to me, or it doesn't go through, and it's like, oh my word, and I, sometimes I don't know whether it's a bad email address, or this or that, so sometimes that happens as well, which, you know, is exacerbating on both ends, I'm sure. So, let's go further here, um, First article, North Korea fires heavy artillery barrage against South Korean targets, thus keeping alive the second major part of the planned World War III, the nuclear confrontation on the Korean Peninsula. This is from Cutting Edge. This is information they've been putting out for a long time. So it's not like they just kind of got on the bandwagon about Korea. They've been talking about this scenario for a long time, and we're going to look at that, how um, there's been a lot of uh, Luciferian 
predictions of this very scenario happening. This is from a uh, Excite News from Korea, out of Korea. And uh, it starts off by saying, uh, <clears throat> South Korea says two Marines have been killed and 16 others injured in a North Korean bombardment of South Korean island near the country's disputed western sea border. And I'm, I'm saying this more so that if somebody's not fully aware of what's going on over there, at least they'll have an idea of what we're talking about today. South Korea's Joint Chief of Staff said Tuesday that it returned fire and scrambled fighter jets in response. It said the inhumane attack on civilian areas violated the 1953 armistice, halting the Korean War. The two sides technically remain at war because a peace treaty was never negotiated. A lot of people, I didn't, wasn't fully aware of that. The skirmish came amid high tension over North Korea's claim that it has a new uranium enrichment facility and just six weeks after North Korean leader King, Kim Jong-un the second unveiled his youngest son, King John Un, as his apparent heir, or his heir apparent. The key to this news story is the uranium enrichment portion. The Illuminati has planned a nuclear confrontation on the Korean Peninsula as part of their World War III scenario. Now, I, they're saying, Cutting Edge has been saying, as the Luciferians have actually predicted, that this may be the linchpin for World War III. World War III is probably just not going to take place just in the Middle East, like Israel against that that type of scenario. It's most likely going to be like a literal world war. There's going to be a lot of uh, people taking sides. And it may just be American Israel against whoever. I don't know if America at that point will have turned her back on Israel. It's hard to say for sure. But let's go further. But let's examine this quote um, regarding this, this nuclear confrontation on the Korean Peninsula. This is on page uh, 222 and 223 of the book The Armageddon Script, Prophecy in Action, by Peter Lemeshur, who makes a very cryptic statement about Korea. I'm, I'm quoting, and he says, But then, war will suddenly be absent from the world scene during the last 20 years of the century. There will be a n- numerous local conflicts in the Far East, the Middle East, and Africa. A hair-raising nuclear confrontation in Korea may, towards the end of that period, threaten man's very survival. Now remember, this is scripted. So note, the new age, this New Age book was published in 1981, well before events began to swirl toward the Middle East or Korea. So that's pretty telling there. Did you catch the most important two portions of the Illuminati plan? Number one, numerous local conflicts in the Far East, the Middle East, and Africa. Since the attacks of 9-11, the United States, the European Union, have cooperated to launch wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, Yemen, Sudan, you know, you name it. So that's has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled, that particular part. And then number two, a hair-raising nuclear confrontation in Korea may, towards the end of that period, Threaten man's very survival. So, um, that's the other part that we were talking about. Since 1993, the United States has been raising the alarm that North Korea is trying to develop nuclear weapons and will do so unless the West does something about it. First, both countries obtained nuclear weapons many years ago. Our research has shown us that North Korea obtained nuclear processing facilities intact and fully functioning on their soil when USSR fell apart in 1990-1991. 
Since the Russians have always used North Korean technicians to produce nuclear weapons for the USSR, it was easy and quick for North Korea to produce nuclear weapons in these facilities. Iran bought her nuclear weapons off the shelf from Pakistan in 2001-2002, and then she purchased regional missiles from North Korea. Also, North Korea's nuclear belligerency was also a creation of the United States government in that they armed the Stalinist state both directly and indirectly through global arms dealers under the control, namely, of Dr. Abdul Qadir Khan. While labeling North Korea as part of the axis of evil, the U.S. government was enthusiastically funding its nuclear weapons program at every stage. Both the Clinton and Bush administrations played a key role in helping King, Kim Jong II develop um, or Kim Jong-il, I'm sorry, developed North Korea's nuclear prowess from the mid-1990s on. Just as Saddam Hussein's chemical and biological weapons program, it was Donald Rumsfeld who played a key key role in in arming Kim Kim Jong-il. Rumsfeld was the man who presided over a $200 million contract to deliver equipment and services to build two light water reactors in North Korea in January of 2000, when he was the executive, executive director of ABB, which stands for Aza, Brown, and Boveri. Wolfram Ebert, a spokesperson for ABB, confirmed that Rumsfeld was nearly at all board meetings during his involvement with the company. Now I have a link here. You can read the whole article regarding that scenario um, about us arming them. Therefore, since the issue of North Korea and Iran producing their own nuclear weapons is totally false, the alarm from Western powers is sheer propaganda. In other words, this alarm saying, oh, they're going to produce their own nuclear weapons. Well, they've already had access to them. They've already had them for years and years and years. It's just propaganda to get us all up in arms about, oh my word, if they're able to do this, then they're going to, these rogue nations are going to nuke us. They've had the ability to do that for a long time. Okay, but again, most likely we've got far greater capabilities to take down anything they would fire at us anyway. But again, it's they create the problem. You know, the Hegelian dialectic, they create the problem, uh, really both sides, and then they give you the solution. So, um, the alarm from Western powers is sheer propaganda designed to keep all people stirred up and unsettled. And remember, the Bible talks about in Matthew 24, Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars and these types of things. See that you be not troubled, that's what Jesus Christ said. So, this is confirmation of that. Uh, So, this is designed to keep people stirred up, unsettled. Remember, the state of the unsettled mind is part of the plan of the protocols of the protocols of Zion, which is, uh, I believe, where we get this Hegelian dialectic from. Secondly, the plan calls for North Korea to convince people that their lives could end at any moment because of their nuclear capability. Um, Quoting from their article, Cutting Edge's article, uh, News Article 1781, I give you, you will have a 20-page PDF where you can go and explore any of these subjects further. Now, with Cutting Edge, though, when you go into a specific news article, it is a subscription type of thing. I think it's like 25 a year to have access to all their information. Um, but I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up there. And um, quoting from the archived article, News 1781, written in 2003, we read, In the feature article, North Korea's spokesman threatens to hit New York City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago with nuclear warheads, setting them aflame. North Korea must possess two capabilities for this threat to become reality. Nuclear warheads and 
intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of delivering them to the East Coast. As this article reveals, North Korea is said to possess both these capabilities. By 1999, North Korea had the capability then to launch a three-stage intercontinental ballistic missile that is capable of striking the U.S. East Coast targets. But, of course... We were not told this fact. Rather, we are still being treated to disinformation stories that North Korea is close to developing nuclear warheads and that she needs to start up her nuclear reactor plant in order to begin production. The reality is 180 degrees to the opposite direction. Further, we are being told that North Korea is, quote, close to getting third stage capability when she possessed that for several years as well. So again, just lies upon lies upon lies. The article from 2003 also states, quote, a nuclear weapon would be produced by the end of the next month, with another five by the end of the year. Uh, This was on top of a a suspected nuclear arsenal of 100 weapons. But what they're depending upon is people being totally uneducated regarding these matters, and them not checking into things further, and Cutting Edge has done their homework here, and they've they've kept up with this, and uh, they're just debunking essentially everything. I mean, they wrote this article in 2003. Therefore, North Korea had an arsenal of over 100 nuclear weapons plus an intercontinental ballistic missile system capable of destroying targets on American soil since 2003, and it might have been even before that. When the time comes to initiate this part of the plan regarding this Korean Peninsula World War III possible scenario, people are going to die because North Korea must demonstrate their fearsome capability. Otherwise, men's hearts will not be failing them for fear of what's coming upon the earth. So that's Cutting Edge's take on it. I, I think they're, they're about the only ones out there in the alternative Christian media that is coming out saying this, and they have a lot to back themselves up with because they've done several articles over the years on this very subject. So they were the, one of the first ones I looked to when I saw this thing happen with North and South Korea. Because this has been on the back burner for a long time. And as we see from Peter Lemachere's book, The Armageddon Script, from 1981, this, and they've already predicted this long time ago. This is a predicted Illuminati thing. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, okay, and he's the one that ultimately will, will, you know, will be the one that would either let it happen or not let it happen. So he's still the one in control. So it's a matter of the Lord's timing. But this is their plan. This is this is the Illuminati's plan to, to implement this. So, next article. China warns U.S. on naval exercises as North Korea promises retaliation. This is just from the 26th. China has warned the United States against engaging in military activity on its coastline. Uh, says, we oppose any military... And this is China. We oppose any military act by any party conducted in China's exclusive economic zone without approval. China's foreign ministry replied in response to a question about the incursion, the inclusion of a U.S. aircraft carrier strike group participating in joint exercises. The economic, the exclusive economic zone is a maritime zone up to 200 nautical miles from a country's coast. It was reported today that Obama would be speaking with his Chinese counterpart, Hu Janto, in coming days. China has refused to condemn North Korea's actions. The Chinese statement arrives ahead of the U.S.-South Korean naval exercises, according to Reuters. Earlier this week, the Pentagon sent the USS George Washington and four other Navy ships to the Yellow Sea after North Korea shelled South Korean soldiers and civilians in response to South Korean military 
exercises. In a statement from the U.S. Navy's 7th Fleet, the military exercise is described as a measure to show the United States' commitment to regional stability through deterrence. Joint military exercises with the South Koreans begin on Sunday. North Korea has promised ways of retaliation if provoked. Okay, so next article. North Korea warns region is on the brink of war. Um, North Korea warned Friday that U.S. South Korean planes for military maneuvers put the peninsula on the brink of war and appeared to launch its own artillery drills within sight of an island it showered with a deadly barrage this week. The fresh artillery blasts were especially defiant because they came as the U.S. commander in the South Korean, uh, General Walter Sharp, toured the South Korean island to survey damage from Tuesday's hail of North Korean artillery fire that killed four people. None of the latest rounds hit the South's territory, and the U.S. military officials said Sharp did not even hear the concussions. The residents on parts of the island panicked and ran back to the air shelter, air raid shelters when they where they huddled earlier in the week as the white smoke rose from the North Korean territory. So again, I'm just trying to give you some background here on what went on this week and what might be building to some type of further confrontation. Next article is entitled, it was originally 11, but I'm shortening it to 8 Reasons Why North Korea is One of the Most Wicked Delusional Nations on the Earth. Not to say that America's, you know, any whatever perfect thing, but there's a lot of very strange wicked things that are associated with North Korea. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any documentaries on North Korea, but it is a very uh, macabre, a lot of evil uh, going on there. Well, when you have, again, it's essentially like a big cult and devoted to their leader, Kim Jong-il. Unfortunately, a lot of Americans would actually become Welcome the Korean War Part 2, but before people get too excited, it is important to keep in mind that we have never been at war with a nation that actually possesses nuclear weapons. At this point, it is unclear how exactly how powerful North Korea's nuclear weapons are, but nearly everyone does agree that they are crazy enough to use them. North Korea reportedly has thousands of missile batteries that are capable of hitting the 10 million people that live in Seoul, um, I believe South Korea, And the death and devastation that an all-out strike on Seoul could potentially cause is almost unimaginable. In fact, 24.5 million people living either in or around Seoul make it the second largest metropolitan area in the world. The Wow, that's amazing. The second largest metropolitan area in the world. 24.5 million people. Man. The next conflict on the Korean Peninsula will be... Well, can be... Could be extremely bloody. Unfortunately... The next Korean War seems closer than ever. Tensions on the Korean, on the peninsula are at a record high. Today, North Korea has some of the largest armies in the world. Some reports claim that they have over one million soldiers on active duty. And that's a big army. But South Korea is highly militarized as well. There are, 28, there are also 28,000 U.S. troops stationed in South Korea that the North Koreans will have to contend with. Well, 28,000 compared to one million... Uh, it's kind of an outnumbering there. Right now, the rest of the world is getting quite nervous because a war between nuclear powers could get out of hand very quickly. If North Korea hits South Korea with nuclear weapons, it seems almost certain that the U.S. would hit North Korea with nukes. The death and destruction that w- would result would be unprecedented. So what does China think about all this? Well, North Korea would not be acting so belligerent right now if they did not have permission from China, most likely. Perhaps China is trying to send a message to the West as well. Now, again, we've got China and Russia pulling away from the dollar. We've got 
um, our own economy. We, we've got us inflaming them by, by uh, the QE2, printing more money out of thin air. Uh, we've got the China missile. Most likely, every source I've seen has pretty much come to the conclusion that was a China missile that was fired off the um, coast of California a couple weeks ago. And so we've got that scenario. In and, and, and in other words, they a lot of uh, the things I saw regarding that were that China was showing how close they could actually get to us as a show of force. They weren't actually wanting to nuke us, but it was also at the same time Obama was touring India, and India is not a friend of China. So there, we've done a lot of things to inflame China as of late. This could just be one more thing, and you never know what the linchpin might be. Now, granted, it's probably all scripted anyway. But there's a lot of different scenarios that could be pointing in that direction. And again, things to, to pray about um, as well. So, let us hope that a, all, a new all-out Korean war does not erupt. North Korea is ruled by delusional leaders who are insane enough to actually use nuclear weapons. If you doubt this, just consider the following eight facts. Number one, the first great leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung is deeply revered in North Korea. In fact, there are over 500 statues of Kim Il-sung scattered throughout the country. Many Koreans apparently believe that Kim Il-sung actually created the world. And there's a link here that you can go to. I mean, this is a cult. The whole country. That is their religion. They worship their leader, or leaders, whoever might be in well, and past leaders and present as well, as, as basically as gods. Number two, it is said hanging up pictures of Kim Il-sung is compulsory for every household in North Korea. And that's true. I've seen documentaries. These people are like... It, it really reminds you of George Orwell 1984. It really, really does. It, it's, 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 that, it, it's, in fact, in, in 1984... You know, there was a picture screen, and it had this guy's picture on it, and it was this, their evil leader or whatever. And he was, the picture was on there 95% of the time. And it was like, basically like having a mural of this devil up in your house constantly. It's the same way there. Um, they sing songs to him. They, their religion revolves around him. Everything has to do, and you, you better not be caught out in public or, or even around anyone else saying anything derogatory about this guy, or you're probably going to have the thought police visit you and you're going to wind up dead or in prison. That's how bad it is. It's like a, a, a country that's a, that's a prison, you know. Number three, millions of North Koreans have literally starved to death over the past ten years. And this is what you get. I mean, you had that in 1984 too. Nobody had any food either. You know, I mean, whatever the federal government or, or whatever the government at the time could supply you but um, in that type of environment, it's just going to breed poverty. It's going to breed, you know, everything evil that you can imagine. Is That's what's going to happen. Number four, it has been reported that during times of extreme hunger in North Korea, cannibalism is quite common. Several years ago, the Washington Post shared that one 29-year-old female defector told them about what's going on inside the country. She said, quote, when one is very hungry, one can go crazy. One woman in my town killed her seven-month-old baby and ate the baby with another woman. Now, I got an email on this the other day from a listener, and she's like, you got to expose this. And I looked at it, and I said, oh, my word. And I 
I had heard this before, but then I got this report confirming it. And uh, this is what, you know, happens in this type of scenario. People go crazy. I mean, not only do you have a demon-possessed leader, and you have a demon-possessed, essentially, government, because if the head is sick, the body's going to be sick. You've got people that are, are involved in this death cult. They're demon-infested as well, and you're going to have a lot of very uh, debased things going on, particularly when then you mix in hunger and a lot of other things where, where um, you know, the basest of instincts are starting to come up to the surface of these people. And this is what's happening. Going further, it said, the sad thing is, is that a 29-year, the 29-year female defector didn't even consider that she, what she had seen to be wrong. The, the lady that defected, she didn't consider it wrong. She said, quote, I can't condemn cannibalism. Not that I wanted to eat human meat, but we were so hungry. It was common that people went to a fresh grave, dug up the body to eat the meat. I witnessed a woman being questioned for cannibalism. She said it tasted good. End of quote. Okay, this is, this is what's going on over there. Now, in that article that the other listener had sent me, which was a lot more in-depth, but I, I don't have time to go into all these gory details and they are gory details, They what they do is, is somebody dies, okay, on a given day, and they bury the body, and they try to wait, uh, I think they try to wait until real super, super late to bury the body, because the grave diggers will come and dig it up. So if they wait, like, super late, almost before sun comes up, I believe, then the grave diggers don't have enough time in there to dig up the body. But if they if they are able to have the cover of night, they'll go in there and dig up the body so they can so they can take the body and prepare it as food and, and sell it as meat in the markets. Happens all the time. And then they told a story in here how these two kids and like their mom and dad had just disappeared, and they found out they went to this the they the where these two kids had disappeared. Um, it was in front of this restaurant. And they went and they, they interrogated the, uh, the main lady chef there. And she said, yeah, she finally confessed. She said, yeah, we lured him in with, with the prospect of getting some food. We got in here and we, we killed them. And then we cut up their bodies. And, and they found hands and, and feet and human flesh in the pots that day. I mean, that is the kind of stuff that's going on over there. And again, I'm not saying this so we can marvel and, and get all, but to, regarding praying regarding North Korea, it's got to be right up there with one of the most evil countries on the planet. You know, it, it's got to be as far as what's going on there. I mean, it's it's very, very sad what what is going on there. Just people starving to death and... They've got these gigantic prison camps set up. Anybody that, that, that the thought police perceives as this or that, you're going to wind up there, you're going to wind up dead. And we're going to look at that even more. Now, that reminded me of some Bible verses. And these are not fun Bible, Bible verses I'm getting ready to quote. Okay, But the fact remains is that we have biblical precedent for this type of behavior. And this is from 2 Kings 6.25-6.30, through 630, where it says, And there was a great famine in Samaria. 
And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver. Meaning a donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver. And a fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Now I'm not sure, I don't see how you can eat dove's dung or maybe they were cooking with it. I don't know. Because I know you can cook with it. The Bible, there's precedent for that. But I mean, it's pretty bad when, when a donkey's dead head is going for 80 pieces of silver and dove's feces, a fourth part of a cab, and I'm not sure how much of a cab is, is going for five pieces of silver. I mean, these are something normally you would, you would want to bury. You know, now there's this, that's how hungry these people were. Okay? And as the king of Israel was passing upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, if the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? In other words, the king can't help nobody. I mean, everybody's starving and they're besieged. They're, they, they can't go out of their city. And um, because they were afraid that this, this invading army was going to destroy them the moment they walked out of the city. Um, and then he said, out of, uh, and then he said, if the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? This is the king talking to the woman. Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son, that we may eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow. In other words, okay, let's take your son, we'll eat him today, and as long as you promise that we can eat your son tomorrow. Yeah, I know that's hard to conceive, but that's how bad it had gotten in this city. They were that hungry. And then the next verse, 629, So we boiled my son and did eat him, and said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. So they boiled the one lady's son and they ate him. And then... And then I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him, and she hath hid her son. So the one lady gladly gave up her son to boil him and eat him, but the other lady was like, Okay, forget it. I'm not going to, we'll eat your son, but we ain't going to eat mine. I'm going to hide him. Oh, this is hard to comprehend. Uh, and then it said, And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes, and he passed upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth with within upon his flesh. In other words, that was it for the king. He was, you know, he was going to humble himself as much as he possibly could at that point. Sackcloth and ashes, most likely. was. And so, that's how bad it can get. That's how hungry, that's what famine can do to people. Okay? And apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, don't think you're any better. I'm not saying I'm any better. Okay, so, I mean, not to say I'm going to eat my daughter. What I'm saying is that, I'm saying apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we don't know what we're capable of. You know what I mean? None of us do. And this is about as satanic of a thing as you could possibly ever do. So, I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was pertinent to this thing. If we want to sit back and look at, at what's going on in in North Korea, we have biblical precedents to actually look at. And um, let's go further. Deuteronomy 28.53. And this is God's judgment basically on Israel. If This is God's warning. This is God's judgment 
warning of judgment on Israel if Israel turns its back on God. This is just part of it. Okay, I started at verse 53, Deuteronomy 28, and I go all the way to the end of the chapter. There's a lot more to read if you want to read all of Deuteronomy 28, but I, for time's sake, I, I wanted just to read this part. And again, this is part of God's judgment. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, and the flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee, in the siege and in the straightness. And in other words, they're being they're besieged. In other words, they've got most likely an army around them. They've got no way of getting food in. And they're all starving. Okay? And in the straightness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. Uh, next verse. So that the man that is tender among you and is very delicate, his eye shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. Okay, now this is a guy that's saying the man that, that is I, uh, the man that is tender among you. It could be the nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy. You know, really gentle, really weak. Very delicate, it says. And his eye shall be evil toward his brother, toward his wife, and toward his children even. So that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. In other words, he's not going to give them anything. He's actually going to eat them. He shall not so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children, whom he shall eat. Because he hath nothing left in the siege. There's nothing else to eat, so he's got to eat his children. Well, that was evidently what he said is going to happen, if you turn your back on God. In the straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. The tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for her delicateness and tenderness. In other words, the nicest, sweetest, most tender woman among you that won't even walk out on hard ground because she's such a prim, proper lady, okay, is, is the impression I'm getting here. Her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom and toward her son and toward her daughter and toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet and toward her children, which she shall bear. For she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and in the straightness. The mom's going to eat the family, the, the husband's going to eat. It's a matter of kill or be killed, evidently. Uh, secretly in the siege and straightness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in the gates. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of the law that are written in this book, thou mayest fear the glory, this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God. In other words, that's what, you know, and now we're talking Old Testament, you know, Levitical Jew, Jews. This was what was being told to them under the Levitical law of the Jewish system then. Um, going further, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed and even great plagues and of long continuance with sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Now, honestly, I believe this is what's going to end up happening to the modern-day lukewarm church in America. I think this is what's coming. I'm not talking about the, the remnant. I'm not talking about the true born-again Bible-believing remnant, okay? I'm talking about the lukewarm people that call themselves Christians, but they're going to be tried and they're going to be tested, and most likely they're going to fall away. 
there's going to be a great falling away. Remember 2 Thessalonians chapter 2? And that God will send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, I think this is what is going to happen in America. And that you know, right now we've got the dollar being totally devalued. We've got the QE2 printing money out of thin air. We've got China and Russia pulling away from the dollar. We're going to probably see a lot more of that because once that ball gets rolling, it's going to keep rolling. There's nothing back in the dollar. It's not worth the paper it's really printed on. We've got all these draconian legislations that they're trying to put through right now and all the things that they're trying to do uh, to take away our rights. We've got uh, a lot of reports from that national inflation uh, company or, or organization where uh, we're, we're seeing that the, like the price of wheat and a lot of other the, these commodities are going through the roof. And as the dollar devalues, that's the only thing that really can happen. So we're primed for this. And, and, and um, I can see, honestly, I really can see this happening because God has to judge America. Eventually, it's going to have to happen. 60 million abortions, the blood running red with the blood of the innocents, the innocent blood crying out from the land. We've brought a curse upon ourselves in America because of just that one issue alone. Not to mention all the, the sodomy and the pornography and all the other wickedness and stuff and, that goes on, the, the, uh, all the sorcery and pharmacia from the drugs that people are doing. All the apathy and wickedness and lukewarmness. And then the 501c3 corporate church is not even doing hardly lifting a finger about any of this stuff that we're talking about. Lest they might lose their tax exemption and their government subsidies. For the most part, that's what's going on. So I really believe that when God's judgment hits America, it's going to be horrific. Really horrific. And I can see this being about the most horrific scenario I could envision. I mean, it's pretty bad when you get to the point where you're wanting to eat your own wife or your own sons and daughters. You, you pretty much hit rock bottom there, I'd say. You know? So, I really believe that this is something that is going to happen in America and it may happen a lot sooner than any of us may believe. And that's why the Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. And that we're to consider the ant. It says, go to the ant. For the ant storeth up its meat or its food in summer so that it has food in the winter to eat. Okay, these are just common, practical things. I'm not saying God can't supply your needs like Elijah. He can't feed you in the wilderness with birds bringing food to you. And stuff. I'm not saying, but if you have the means and you can see, foresee the evil then, you know, you should be doing things to prepare, obviously. Whatever the Lord convicts you to do. A man that provideth not for his own house is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. So a man that's just sitting back saying, ah, none of this is going to happen to me. I'm just going to get raptured out of here. None of the, I'm not going to lift a finger. I know it's all going to get nasty, and but I'm not going to do a thing about it. Well, you know, you're... Um, you might be on a lot thinner ice than you think. Now, I'm saying do what the Lord tells what convicts you to do, but I'm just I'm stating obvious things here. I'm, I'm telling you, obviously, what's on the horizon. It's just not a matter of, of um, if, it's a matter of when this stuff starts to go down. 
Now, imagine combining that famine scenario with World War III, and then with some type of global pandemic, and then with earthquakes and tsunamis and tidal waves, which they have the ability to create through um, systems like HARP and weather control systems. And we've known that all the way back to... Uh, back to Senate hearings from 19, I believe, 71. I, I quoted that all in my avian flu presentation. And then maybe let's have a UFO, mass UFO sightings, uh, nuclear scenarios at the same time. I mean, you talk about men's hearts failing them for fear of what is coming upon this world. Well, maximum shock value. That's what Satan would want, don't you think? He wants to shock people and, and dishearten them and take away any faith and hope that they might possibly have. That's his goal. So you better be rooted on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. You better have your foundation built upon the solid rock of Christ Jesus. Because then when the waves come and the winds come, you're not going to be blown off. But if your foundation is upon sand, you're toast. You're not going to last. You're just going to be blown over. So, and I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Wonderful or whatever, or, or, or whatever. I'm just telling you. I'm speaking as much to myself as anyone else. This scenario is coming, I believe, to America. This scenario in Deuteronomy 28. I mean, we've got a lot of enemies worldwide as well. I mean, we're, we're at this point, we're, we're shipping... Uh, we're importing so much stuff in from China. If they cut off that flow, that alone, what that would do to us. And again, this has all been done by design. This has all been done by design. Uh, they want to totally destroy whatever vestige there remains of the middle class of America. They want to just, just annihilate it. It's been a plan for a long time. They want to create an ultra-elite and an ultra-poor class worldwide, globally. And at the same time, what they want to do is kill off as many useless eaters, as they would term, the sheeple people, as humanly possible. Preferably, according to the Georgia Guidestones, a reduction to 500 million people worldwide, which would be approaching a 95% reduction in human population. That's their goal. You know, at least their heart's in the right place. I mean, you know, you got to give them that. No, just kidding. Sorry. Anyway, so, um, you know, there's too many people right now for them to control properly is the point I'm trying to make. So, I really believe part of this scenario would be some type of pandemic. Uh, because a pandemic would also be a really great excuse not for them to ship food. I mean, if you had that pandemic, one of the things that I talked about, and I've, I've done so many teachings on, whether it be avian flu or the swine flu, H5N1, H1N1, whatever you want to talk about, the vaccination issue, okay, we've talked a lot about that. But one of the, one of the things that I talked about in that, and it's not my information, it's theirs, is that there will be a total shutdown of the transportation system, essentially. They're going to do a lockdown on the borders under the guise of not spreading the pandemic. Air travel will cease. Interstate commerce will most likely cease. Car travel will probably most likely cease. So even if the food were there, how are you going to get it if you can't travel? So you better have it already in your house. And a way to purify or get water as well. So these are just some things to, to, uh, to think about here. Uh, and let's continue reading this. Not so fun portion of scripture, but uh, 
you know, you got to take, you know, with the Bible, there, there's a lot of hard things to, to deal with, but this is a warning. It's better to be, you know, forewarned than to just have something take you unawares, you know. So let's, let's go further. Uh, moreover, I'll bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which again, that would imply plagues, right? Well, that's what we were just talking about, plagues. Uh, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee, and every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of the law, them the Lord will bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. What does that imply? It implies exactly the scenario I just talked about. And I really didn't, I, I wasn't even thinking about those verses, and we just read them right then. So, that's more confirmation. And ye shall be left few in number, whereas ye were stars of the heaven of the multitude, because thou wouldest not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. Well, God's telling you right now, in this type of scenario, when you turn your back on God, that he will destroy a ton of people. And these are people that were professing to be, you know, most likely Torah-believing Jews at the time. But they weren't. They weren't. It was like, they were like kind of wannabes. So what did God do? He wiped them out. And he sent plagues. And he besieged them. And he cut off their food supply. Well, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? Well, we're going to get a free pass because we're better. We're better than all the martyrs that have been destroyed. All the 50 million martyrs that the Catholic Church destroyed the most brutal, horrific ways you could possibly imagine. We're better than them, right? We get a free, we get out of jail free card pass because we're American Christians. No, wrong. We're not better than them. We're not worthy to unloose the, the, the latchet of their shoe is the way I feel about a martyr. And I mean, I don't want to elevate them to some type of deity level, but my word. I'm talking about the typical church-going 501c3 corporate church member of America. Lukewarm, the frozen chosen, you know, that group, okay? So I'm not, I don't think I'm condemning all my listeners or anything. I'm saying in general here. Uh, but yes, uh, we've got a lot of confirmation here of the possible scenario that's going to take place in America. Uh, let's go further. So it says, you shall be left few in number. Whereas before you were as the stars of the heaven and the multitude, but because thou wouldst not obey the voice of the Lord thy God, he had to destroy them. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to naught, and ye shall be plucked off the land whether thou goest to possess it. That's another thing. When we do things like this, when we have all these abortions going on in particular, and we have the two things that the Bible talks about where the land will vomiteth out her inhabitants, child sacrifice, and the sodomy, and, and um, the sodomy issue with the, um, particularly the gays. And you should listen to my uh, teaching on biblical sexual prohibitions to get the full definition of sodomy. Because it's not just some gay guy having gay sex with another gay guy. And, God's, and, and it was a foregone conclusion. This was the definition. I'm not saying that means you're gay. And I'm talking sodomy is included in the realm of oral sex as well. Okay, so, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, had people that want to argue with me about that? That definition of sodomy has been well known. 
Understand, yes, when they refer to sodomites in the Bible, yes, they're particularly, typically referring to the gay, homosexual, or bisexual populations. But sodomy, the definition that's been known for literally since antiquity, is unnatural sex. Unnatural procreation. Whether that's oral sex, whether that's sex with a man and a man, woman with a woman, whether that's bestiality, whether that's necrophilia, that's all unnatural sex would fall under that banner. So all I'm saying is that do you really want to like tempt God? You know? Is it really something you want to push the envelope on? Uh, if I was you, I wouldn't, you know? So anyway, um, then let's go further. And the Lord God shall scatter thee among all the people, from the one end of the earth unto the other. And, and, and again, this is what he pretty much did to the Jews after they rejected Jesus Christ. When Pilate said, well, I want to give you, basically he said, you know, he was trying to like, let him let Jesus Christ go, you know. He figured if he got Barabbas before him, you know, they're going to pick Jesus Christ, because Barabbas was an absolute total known murderer. No, they said, give us Barabbas. Take away Jesus Christ. Let his blood be upon us and our children. They corporately brought a curse upon themselves, which has literally lasted to today. Look at what, got, what happened to them. After all this went down, the temple was, you know, totally annihilated. It was like 64 AD. And they, and they were scattered throughout the world. Babylon, this is where we get the Babylonian Talmud. And, and they've been scattered. Now, yes, now, as of recently, there's been a mass exodus back into Israel. But they're still dogged to this day. I mean, they can't even build settlements in Jerusalem without Obama condemning it. And it's their own country. You know, they've got this tiny little sliver of land that they live on, and they're still, they've got nothing but grief they're dealing with. But there's going to come a day when the Jews, according to Zechariah, looks upon the one whom they pierced, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for his only begotten son. They're going to finally, at least that one-third remnant that goes through the fire, as the Bible talks about in Zechariah, because two-thirds of them evidently are going to be wiped out. But one-third is going to be as tried as silver, and they're going to go through the fire, and they're going to have their eyes open, and they're going to actually realize that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, and he was the Messiah, and he is their Savior. Their eyes are going to be opened. The scales are going to fall off toward the end of the tribulation. Not to say there's not Jews now that aren't saved, but I'm talking about from a, on, a, on a mass scale here. Okay, But God did that to them, the Jews, the apple of his eye. Don't think he can't do it to... to um, you know, and, and again, you've got, currently, you've got martyrs all over the world that are dying, that are Christians. In Africa, China, all these communistic, socialistic countries, the countries where the Muslims are uh, in power, they'll kill Christians like you want to believe. That's already taken place. Are we better than them? And I probably got listeners from some of those countries, and they're, I'm sure they're probably shaking their head, <laughs> you know, because they're already suffering big time. We're not. We don't even know it. Suffering is hardly in America, I don't think, for the most part. Not compared to what a lot of other people are enduring on an everyday basis. Uh, Christians. So, the Lord shall scatter thee among all the people from the one end of the earth unto the other. It's what he did to the Jews. Look at them. And then look at the Holocaust. You know, with Hitler. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither that thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. 
Well, you look at what the what happened to the Jews. You know, the religious, pharisaical, sadducical Jews that went to Babylon after the the um, temple, and they, and that this is they literally did go to Babylon. This is where we get the Babylonian Talmud, which is the most blasphemous book you could imagine toward Jesus Christ. I can't even repeat the stuff it says about Jesus Christ in the Babylonian Talmud. It's so evil and so blasphemous. And this is what the modern day rabbis are taught. So, you know, it's it's not, uh, and I've done several teachings on that, you can access on contendingfortruth.com. Just go up to the download portion or do a keyword search on YouTube for Scott Johnson and uh, either Talmud or, um, uh, I've done several teachings on those subjects. But anyway, going further, it says, And among these nations shall thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing eyes and a sorrow of mind. He did that to the Jews. Every place they go, they're always dogged. They're always, seems like they're always hated. They're, 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 you know, it's a fact. It's an absolute fact. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and, thy, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of thy life. I mean, what a fun way to live. In the morning thou shalt say, would God it were evening. And at the evening thou shalt say, would God it were morning. In other words, oh, I just can't wait to get, I wish it was morning. And when morning comes, oh, I mean, I wish it was evening. It's like it never ends. For the fear of thine heart wherewith shall thou fear, and for the sight of thine eyes thou shalt see. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships, by the way whereof I speak unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen. He's going to bring them back into Egypt. That's Egypt's always a, a type of, uh, usually associated with sin and bondage. So he's going to bring them back into bondage. And they're going to be sold as bondwomen and bondmen. And then it says, and no man shall buy you. And that's how it ends. I mean, that's about as stern of a warning as God could ever issue. And that's uh, that's what we have going on there. Let's go to the next point, fifth point. According to North Korean media, Kim Jong-il is a phenom at just about everything. It is claimed that he shot a 38 under par, including 11 holes in one the first time he ever played golf. I mean, you talk about a lying little worm devil, this guy. He's so evil. If you ever seen pictures of him, I hardly stand even look at him. He's so evil looking. So arrogant, the pride and the arrogance, and and the the fact that they they literally elevate this guy to a god like stat eleven holes in one. Well, he should hit the PGA tour. He clean up. I mean, what's stopping him? You know, come on. I mean, he make Tiger Woods. You know, just he'd be over in the bushes crying somewhere if he was that good. Anyway, I thought I, I wanted to throw that in because, I mean, the, the way they worship this guy is just so sickening. Then six, oh, this is terrible, this part. Christians are slaughtered in some of the most brutal ways imaginable in North Korea. Yeah, here, here, let's talk about some martyrs. The following is just one example. While, and this is, a, this is a quote from an article that was put out. While an interviewee number seven was in the North Korean army, his unit was dispatched to widen the highway between... Pongyang in the nearby court, uh, nearby port city of Nampo. They were demolishing a vacated 
vacated house in Yongkong County when in a basement between two bricks, they found a Bible and a small notebook that contained 25 names, one identified as a pastor, two as Chandosa, which are assistant pastors, two elders, and 20 other names, apparently parishioners, identified by their occupations. Why they would keep track of this, I have no idea. Because that, unfortunately, that list was their death sentence, as you'll see. The soldiers turned the Bible and the notebook over to the local branch of the Department of 15 of the Korean Workers' Party. But the party officials said it was up to the military police to investigate. Tracked down at their place of work through the listing of occupations in the notebook, the 25 persons were picked up without formal arrest by the military. The interviewee was not aware of any judicial procedures for those seized. In November of 1996, the 25 were brought to the road construction site. Four concentric rectangular rolls of of spectators were assembled to watch the execution. Now, they did the same thing in 1984 with the Big Brother. They would have every, like, Friday night, what they did for fun is they brought these people in that had been convicted of whatever, heresy or or spying or going against Big Brother, and they would publicly execute them in the most horrific ways. And all the people were so full of bloodlust and so demon-possessed, they were all sitting there cheering, screaming, just going absolutely nuts over these executions. They were blowing their brains out, they were hanging them, they were like stretch, uh, stretching them on the rack, ripping their bodies apart, and they just couldn't get enough of it. This is this is what happens when you just let Satan totally take over. The basest and the most evil things that would dwell within a person come out. The more demon possessed they become. Let's go further. Uh, four consecutive concentric rectangular rows of spectators were assembled to watch the executions. Interviewee 17 was in the first row. The five leaders were to be executed. The pastor, the two assistant pastors, and the two elders. They were bound hand and foot and made to lie down in front of a steamroller. Like the big metal steamrollers. This steamroller was a large construction vehicle imported from Japan with a heavy, huge, wide steel roller mounted on the front to crush and level the roadway prior to pouring concrete. The other 20 persons were held just to the side so they, so they would be forced to watch. The condemned were accused of being kiddokayo, meaning Protestant Christians, spies, and conspiring to engage in subversive activities. Nevertheless, they were told, if you abandon, quote, if you abandon your religion and serve only Kim Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Sung and Kim Jong Il, you will not be killed. None of the five said a word. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a backbone. That is a backbone for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, we're going to need to have the same backbones they do, and we're and they're they're no greater. Just remember, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. All I'm saying is, this worst case scenario. You, you need to do the same thing they're doing. We don't ever want to deny God. Ever. Ever, 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 ever turn our back on the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what. I don't care what the scenario is. It doesn't matter. Then it, they go on to say, Nevertheless, they were told, If you abandon your religion and serve uh, only them, you will not be killed. 
None of the five said a word. Some of the fellow parishioners assembled to watch the execution cried, screamed out, and fainted when the skulls made popping sounds as they were crushed beneath the steamroller. Interviewee 17 thought at the time that these church people were crazy. He thought that the religion was an opiate and that it was stupid for them to give up their lives for religion. Oh, the whole country's totally brainwashed to serve some these stinking madmen and they're saying that, that Christianity is an opiate? Oh, please. And then it said he heard from the soldiers who took away the other 20 prisoners that they were being sent to prison camps and they probably would all die there. That, I'm telling you, that is, um, that's what the Lord would expect any of us to do. I'm telling you right now. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm not saying you get saved through works. I'm saying it's evidence of salvation. Faith without works is dead. I'm not saying you go around and you earn your salvation. I'm saying if you're really saved and the Holy Spirit really lives inside you, He will give you the strength to do whatever it takes. Now, am I one to sit here and say that? Have I done that? No, because if I had done that, obviously I wouldn't be here. But I do believe that God can, can equip any of us to do that. Now, does, is that something any of us wants in the flesh? I mean, come on, give me a break. Obviously, no. Is that scary? Yes. But, you know, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. And that was the gateway to heaven for them. I don't think they suffered real long. Horrific way to die. But we'll see them in heaven someday as born-again Christians. I, I can't wait to shake their hands. I, I don't feel as though I'm worthy to be on the same planet as, as them. That's how I feel when I, when I read stuff like that. Fox's Book of Martyrs. And some of them, in, in like in Fox's Book of Martyrs, you know, they were on fire, but they weren't even feeling the fire. They had prayed and God had asked them that I could witness while I'm being consumed with the fire. They didn't even feel it. God can do that too. God can also deliver his remnant. He never fully, he never, he always preserves a remnant. He will always preserve a remnant. Those that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Okay, so it's not like he's going to just destroy and let every single person be martyred. Okay, so again, I just want to have biblical balance when we talk about this particular subject. But I also want to prepare you. You know, I don't want to sit here and tickle your ears and, 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 and tell you what you want to hear and this and that, which is what's going on in 99.9% of all, probably churches worldwide for the most part. And I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to tell you what the Bible clearly states and, and I'm going to give you some real life examples if I can. So, next point, number seven. A few years ago, China was sending humanitarian aid into North Korea. The North Koreans decided that they would just start keeping the trains as well. Which I can't believe they would do that because I think they'd be afraid of China. You know? Because China could just crush them in a heartbeat. But they kept the trains. The Chinese crews were sent back over the border on foot. But like I said, the, the, the leaders there are just, they're mad, they're mad men. Now, I've also heard that the actual leader, the, the main, the dad is dead. He's been dead. And then it's just been... His son's been in power. So I, I, who knows what's really going on. And then number eight, a song entitled No Motherland Without You was written specifically for Kim, Kim Jong-il and is one of the most popular songs in North Korea and is regularly sung by North Korean military. So in other words, No Motherland, in other words, it won't be 
we won't have our motherland without you, our God, Kim Jong-il. You know, they're that deluded. They're that demonically brainwashed. The whole country is brainwashed. It, demonically. I mean, there is a gigantic satanic component we're dealing with here. And we should, and, and this is something we should pray about. You know, because this is, this is pure evil that's going on there. And then it goes on to say, are you convinced yet? The truth is that North Korea is very, very dangerous and they should not be underestimated. Let us hope that the United States has never never has to fight another war with them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just do um, one other part here. And then we'll go to the next part with TSA. China and Russia quit the dollar. Now I've got a picture here of um, Putin and... Um, Premier Win Jabo. They shake hands with the Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin on a visit to St. Petersburg, Russia on Tuesday. And this is evidently where China and Russia have decided to renounce the U.S. dollar and resort to using their own currencies for bilateral trade. Premier, and again, this was hardly reported at all in mainstream news. It was reported, but it, it was totally downplayed. And they're just trying to totally downplay this. This is a big deal. And it could be really literally the start of people totally stopping um, international trade being stopped as far as the dollar being used for that. Um, they announced this on late Tuesday. Uh, Chinese experts said that the move reflected closer relations between Beijing and Moscow and is not aimed at challenging the dollar, but to protect their domestic economies. About trade settlement... We have decided to use our own currencies, Putin said at a joint news conference in with Wen in St. Petersburg, Russia. The two countries are were accustomed to using other currencies, especially the dollar, for bilateral trade. Since the financial crisis, however, high-ranking officials on both sides begin to explore other possibilities. So that's a big deal. Now I'm going to go ahead and end part one there, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's d-r-j-o-h-n-s-o-n at the letter i, the letter x, dot n-e-t-c-o-m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line 450, Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613 or on the internet paypal can be used at contendingfortruth.com thank you and may the lord jesus christ richly bless you